0: This is my country, my damn country, give me my country, you can keep the rest. This is my country, my damn country, and it don't mean a thing if you don't pass the test. If you ain't never cheated or been cheated on, then take off your boots, you rhinestone
1: fraud. Welcome to What's That Smell, a sometimes funny podcast about humans and their anxieties. I'm Pete Wright. And I'm Tommy Metz the Third. And every week we each drag one of our deepest, darkest anxieties into the light to share it Learn about it, and hopefully laugh about it with all of you. This is uh, we've got a, it's a, the last episode of the season. It's epi- season it. three, episode twelve, three twelve, as they say in the biz. Yep, and very and very fast. This went very fast. Much faster than I'm comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now you came to me a little while ago with an idea of what you would like to do for this particular finale episode, and I am very interested in hearing it now.
0: Yeah. Uh, so the idea was, wh- I on my phone I have a notes app where I. When I come across um, possible anxieties to talk about on the show, I write them down on my phone. And I have a pretty good list going. We're coming season four. But I also <laughs> have this little side list of this is something that kind of bothers me, tickles my anxiety a little bit, but it's not meaty enough, gross, to actually form an entire episode around. It's just sort of a little hit list of little things that I think that I'm wondering if anyone can relate to or if it's just me. And so my suggestion was, what if we for the last episode of season three, instead of doing a traditional episode where I do one, you do one, we just sort of bounce back and forth and get some of these clear out some of the chaff of these little anxieties (laughs) that actually can't be used uh, in a huge way. What did you think about that?
1: No, I I I did not know what to make of it when you first started talking to me about it, and I because I didn't have as good or a, a robust a list, and so I sat down and started thinking about him, and man, it did not take long for Ah, the water, cascading waterfall of anxieties, stupid things that I (laughs) carry around in my head that I am super anxious about. I I mean, in the better part of, I don't know, 45 minutes, it hit me like I got a dozen things that I can't believe we haven't done. But you're right, (laughs) they're so stupid. (laughs) They're so stupid. Like, how could I possibly do a whole episode out of these things? I can't wait to share them with you. And I don't know, maybe maybe I do two, you do one, because I am so anxious about all this. <laughs> no, no, no. This is going to be like an anxiety draft, right? That's and, cool. Yeah. And here's the other thing that I would like to add to this idea. Um, we, this is, as you know, a very important source of new product development ideas for the What's That Smell Anxiety Store. Mm. I want to make sure that we really use this show, this particular episode, for some real brainstorming. So if you have an idea uh, that it doesn't matter if I'm in the middle of a sentence or you're in the middle of a sentence, I just want you to scream product at the top of your lungs. Oh, that's then, the buzzer. And then we'll take a product break and talk about what we need to do. Yeah, let's, see, let's just see how that works. We'll just, okay. we'll just kind of run with it. Yeah. I love it.
0: And are we, right. because it's a draft, are we going to decide who has the best, worst
1: anxiety at the end? I, maybe that's a listener thing. <laughs>
0: oh, that's true. <laughs> it's
1: open to the listeners. Oh, that's good. Okay. They can let us know. Okay. Well, this this who is going to be a first? real treat. I feel like because I came with more, that I should probably go first. But, I, you know, I love it. It's, it's, it's a gentleman's choice. Is that okay? I think okay? we should do it. Yes. This one occurred to me just moments before we started recording. The sun <laughs> is out. <laughs> The sun is out and we've got a breeze. The The breeze is coming uh, through Portland. It's a it's, it's sort of a windy season. And for the last three nights, I have climbed in my bed and I have heard the scratching, scratch, scratch, scratching in the walls of my closet, Tom. What? And this makes me nuts. So I start. Uh, freaking out because I don't like the idea of other creatures living in my walls. No, sir. You got some hamper peeing to do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I am not crazy. So I get up in the middle of the night and I stand in my closet and I pound the walls and I wake everybody up. Dad, what are you doing? You incredible nut. They haven't, to be fair, they haven't actually woken up yet, but I do pound on the wall. I pound on yesterday as I'm putting laundry away. I'm pounding on the wall. My daughter comes in. She says, what? Are you doing? I said, there's a critter in our wall. She says, Dad, tree, neighbor's yard, (laughs) wind, scratching the house. Yeah. And I looked at her like I, I mean, she just (laughs) solved cold fusion, right? Like it was (laughs) amazing. That's anxiety number one crap living in my walls. Okay. Well, and that could have, yeah, that seemed like one that you could have
0: brought out. and fleshed out a bit, but I'm glad you did it. <laughs> because
1: everything that lives in your walls, I probably don't care for. It's bad. It's bad. And it really sounded like they were digging through the backside of the drywall, like with their little tiny shiv fingertips. Shovels. Like claw oh, yeah. shovels. Yeah. It's claw bad. Shovels. Mm-hmm. Claw <laughs> shovels. Claw shovels. I don't know what it is. It's like the raccoon that lives in my walls is a stuff from horror movies. Like it is the Guillermo del Toro of raccoons, right? It's got like three mouths, recursive mouths inside one (laughs) another. It's a terrible thing.
0: Are his raccoon eyes on his raccoon paws and he has to put them up? (laughs) That is exactly right. That would actually be adorable. I got to be honest. Okay. (laughs) I think that would be pretty
1: cute. Tom, we need to have a stuffed Pans raccoon. Plushy doll to help kids go to sleep at night <laughs> don't worry it, about what's in your closet kids what's in your arms is dramatically worse Interesting, and it's
0: always screaming electronically screaming <laughs> yes. until you bring its paw eyes up to its face and then it just sort of purrs a little yep. bit that's neat. Yes, that's right <laughs> that's, a good that's
1: exactly right
0: uh i have one uh this just happened to me a week and a half ago uh haircuts. <laughs> I go really? to Really. I thought you just had it up. I go to a uh supercut-ish like place. I don't know if it's all over the place or it's just in California. It's called Floyd's 99. And it's really just a cuts, but with rock star posters on the wall. Like that's it. Uh okay. I've gotten, you don't so I mean, you don't have I don't have a hairstylist. I go in without an appointment and just sort of get who's there. Uh, mm-hmm. I have walked out before when both of the hairstylists are ones that have given me a terrible haircut, <laughs> but that's not anxiety. That's just me. Not dealing with the anxiety is what happened this last time is it's a new person. So I'm always a little on edge because the fashion maven that I'm not, my haircut is pretty simple, but it also involves, you know, scissors and clippers. Of course, it's a barber, but oh,
1: you're, a, you're a scissor clipper guy. I'm a scissor okay. clipper guy, yeah. but
0: those, you know, you can't go back. If something sort of goes wrong, you just have to sort of cut around it. And that's your life for the next month or something. And she did this thing (laughs) that they start to do where I'm facing the mirror and we're sort of chatting. And then she goes, actually, I just have to turn you a little bit. And we just turn the chair. And now (laughs) I can't see myself in the mirror. I'm staring at someone else. And if I sort of bring my uh, if I start to turn my head towards the mirror, she goes, oh, no, no. And straightens me out. And then it's just a -a clip-a-thon and the scissors are going. I can feel (laughs) hair going, but I can't see what's going on. And all I can sense is when I said a five on the back and sides, she was like, you know, like, five millimeters or something like she has some weird different clipper and all my hair is going away and I can't tell. And I'm so conflict averse. I don't just say, Hey, that's dumb. Can you turn me back so I can see what you're doing and not have it be this big hairy Christmas present at the very end? That's a surprise the whole time. And that has happened more than once. And it's it gives me anxiety, and then usually a flood of relief when we go back. Yeah. Once two haircuts ago, she turned me back a different person, but turned me back, and I said, "Oh, we're not going any shorter than that." <laughs> that was the first thing <laughs> that just, like, without thinking, flushed out of my mouth because she had gone high and tight. I looked like a student council president that lost. Um, <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but like it wasn't working. Uh, so I was the, the oh, cast man. member of the West Wing that everybody hated. Yeah. <laughs> right. So that's one that I just have to deal with his haircuts. And I know the answer is just speak up if she forgets to turn me back or he uh, just be like, hey, can you I'd love to see what you're doing or I'd love to see your pretty face. Why would I say that? I'm not going to say that. <laughs> now I have anxiety about that. I'd love to see your pretty face. I'm, I'm that guy again <laughs> from the West Wing you're still talking (laughs) okay i'm done
1: (laughs) no keep it up this is great uh that's Uh, not so haircuts and the lack of reflection oh i love it okay uh for me uh okay here's number two how about this uh i live in a rainy town uh, yep. Portland, Right. We do get our I know you don't know much about that, but it's like this moisture that falls from the sky and it can obscure your driv- driving uh, your vision when you're driving. And uh, whenever it starts to rain, you know, harder than low intermittent and I have to turn up the windshield wipers. I get very anxious because my vision of what is about to happen is the thin, like, connection of rubber that connects the, like, wiper part, the part that's in contact with the windshield wiper. Yeah, It's like there's this rail of rubber, and that (laughs) part that slides into the windshield wiper metal mechanism is just... It is so frail in my head that it's just going to rip apart when oh, I go to high speed yep. and then I won't be able to see while I'm driving. And also the windshield wiper will now be metal on glass. <laughs> which is too much like a heist movie and i feel like in the pouring rain i'm driving i can't see and my own windshield wipers are trying to break into my car uh and that it's going to end in a horrible accident i think about this every time Ever, every it time, rains time there it starts all raining the
0: time is it getting worse as you continue aging
1: that sounds like something that will get worse yeah, no, I, I mean, how much worse can it get than what I just described? Tom. I guess
0: you're already sort of in the in the red. Uh, I'm well, in it.
1: Uh, yeah. Product.
0: But first, <laughs> before I say product, I just want to say that is legitimately something that happens in Los Angeles if it's the summer, because no one ever uses their windshield wipers because we don't need to. But if uh-huh. we get a summer rain, uh, this literally happens. Your windshield wipers have like withered away. And kind oh, of like right? multiple. Because so they you like tur- dried out. Yeah. So you turn them on and they just shred. One swipe. <laughs> shred. And then it's exactly <laughs> what you're thinking. And you're like, well, there goes my week. Well, I guess it's not that hard, probably, to explain them, but or replace them. But so that's a problem. So here's my product idea then. Excellent. Do it. The most important thing you need is to stop that metal on glass thing, because you could really that could really hurt your vision. So uh-huh. I think there should be a button that you press. Where instead of that rubber, it all turns to diamonds (laughs) and then just immediately cuts through your entire windshield so that you can see better. I mean, the rain's in your face. So that's a problem. And you're all wet and you're having to wipe your eyes constantly. But that glass barrier that's
1: causing the problem, gone in a heartbeat. Totally unrelated. Your car, it now becomes an incredible target for theft because... With these What's That Smell uh, di- emergency diamond blades. Uh, oh, because you you're going to have- want the diamonds.
0: Right. But your car is going to look like such a piece of crap <laughs> that no one's going to assume that there's diamonds no there. You, don't even, you can't even afford a windshield, you creep. So instead, <laughs> everyone's going to pass you up. So I think it's a
1: win-win. Huge win. All
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> what's your number, number two? Uh, all right. Um, what do I want to do next? Okay. Surprise parties. (laughs) (laughs) Now I like surprise parties. The thing that makes me nervous about surprise parties. Well, hold on. If you think that I would have anxiety about surprise parties, what would it be?
1: Well, just being with other people, right? Like just going (laughs) in and like having to be a social person. uh, No, not me. I'm a very social person. I like that stuff. What, As you're
0: assuming the, that I know people there.
1: Well, yeah. Okay. I guess uh, by its nature, if somebody's throwing the, the, you the, a surprise party. The surprise, party, isn't, the surprise yeah. isn't, I don't know anyone at the party and I wasn't <laughs> invited. Surprise. Surprise party for you. <laughs> and I brought and you a, don't a, a wrapped box of spiders. Yeah, <laughs> it's, <laughs> surprise. The, it's the game of surprise parties. Yeah. <laughs> They're all actors. Exactly. Surprise. I just committed <laughs> a felony. Oh I'm my no God. We need to start this company. Yeah, <laughs> It's a surprise party company that only... Uh, where you don't, you'll never know anybody who shows up. It is all the excitement of the surprise party and none of the pressure of having to remember anybody's names. Oh, You're that's welcome. That's interesting. And they know
0: all about you. Exactly. But like all the terrible stuff, <laughs> <laughs> like secrets, weird secrets that you haven't told anyone. That's yes. interesting. Okay. Yeah. I think that'll be a terrible seller. The thing that really, <laughs> I get so freaked out for some reason about the, If it's not for me, if I'm waiting there with a group of people and like the, okay, now they're leaving the restaurant. Okay, they just pulled in. It might not be anxiety. It might just be too exciting, but I almost can't take it. It's like that Saturday Night Live (laughs) character that Kristen Wigg used to play. Like I want to run outside and be like, ah, because I want the surprise part to be over (laughs) so desperately. Maybe because I'm afraid I'm going to somehow wreck it. But then there's a two side because I also know what's about to come.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And this happens in almost every surprise party I've ever been to until I came up, I believe, with a solution. Yes, I'm calling myself out, giving myself a tap of the hat. That's not a phrase. Okay, Tap of the hat. The person comes in. Everyone goes surprise. They go, what? Oh, my goodness, you guys. And then it gets awkward because (laughs) everyone stands around and it's without saying speech, speech. They're thinking speech, speech. And so there's like kind of a silence and they're like, oh, good. And then the person sort of goes up and like chooses one person to give a handshake to. And then it's just sort of this receiving line and it goes on forever. It's way too much attention put and expectation put on the surprisee. And I think it's really unfair. I, can you relate to anything that I'm saying? <laughs> I swear to God, <laughs> Nobody- this is so many surprise parties that I've been to. There's not a surprise. And then here's something right away. Yeah. It's a surprise and tap dance for us, even and though we, do, what do we, we do just do came next. out of yeah, we just came out of nowhere, but
1: we're expecting you to do something for us, whether it's a speech. You need a showrunner for your surprise parties. Like somebody should have coordinated that. Like what happens next? Uh, here's my solution, and this is what I've done. And it at least helps me. <laughs> I okay. think it helps other people.
0: I always have a drink ready for them. Then you're off the hook. If they're a drinker, it's a drink drink. If not, we go surprise. I go up, I hand it to that person. And then immediately give them a hug. So I've broken that weird bubble of who are you going to go to first, all this stuff. And then usually someone else will come up and it just becomes a lot more organic. Mm -hmm. Just giving them a drink takes away that it lets them have a second. I think I could be making all this up. (laughs) I know people have told me in the past that this is a winning strategy and
1: this has helped them in the past. Um, Well, what I like so much about it is that you have let yourself off the hook like immediately because you had the drink. Like I had the drink. That was your job. And I've and taken then, myself out of the expectation equation. I've let myself
0: off the hook and I'm off
1: their hook. Right. And I like to imagine you hand the drink and then literally slap your hands together like you're done. Like you're brushing the dust off. You worked hard. You did your part and now you're done. And that means the <laughs> the awkward failures that come afterwards, none of that falls on your shoulders. I no. think that's a I will give you a tap of the hat.
0: Thank you. No, I just, no, I just oh, tip at the hat. That's what I meant to say. This whole time yeah, I've been trying is. to figure out what I was. No, it's a ta- <laughs> It's a, it's a hat tap. It's yeah, just it's a, definitely little, a hat uh, tap. Boop boop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I just usually like slink behind the person and go. That's a pretty good drink, right? Remember, <laughs> when, remember when I got you that, that tasty drink? It's pretty good, right? Was that you one wanna, time five minutes ago. Yeah. You want to mm-hmm. take another sip? You want to take no, another no, no, sip? It's, it's yeah. A,
1: it tastes like candy. It tastes like candy.
0: <laughs> so that's mine. But at least <laughs> that t-
1: that one I found a personal solution for. I love it. That's a good one. All right. Uh, I've got a number three. Are you ready for my number three, Tom? Please. We have a lot of crosswalks uh, in this town. Uh, you know, the, the town of Portland, downtown Portland, was actually designed around pedestrians, not cars. So, oh, like, there is a that. place on the south side of the, of the downtown area where you can start walking. And you will, if you, if you get the first one right, you will never hit a light. Right. You'll never oh. say if you if you at a normal walking pace, it is designed around that pace of an adult human being walking through town. And it's delightful. It's a wonderful place to go. And yet right. I have this challenge where people don't use the crosswalks, whether they're crossing near a school, whether they're crossing, they they cross somewhere else. None of that is my problem. If you want to take your life into your own hands and and throw your body in front of 5000 pounds of metal and rubber, that's on you. <laughs> <laughs> what I hate and the anxiety that I have when I'm a, a pedestrian or I'm in traffic is people who think they're being kind and slam on their brakes oh, for pedestrians yep. not crossing at a crosswalk. Not only is that incredibly dangerous, it's illegal. Like, you you really can't do that. It is such a danger <laughs> to everyone else. And it drives me bonkers it's one it'll happen one time and that will be my obsessive thought spiral for a week i will think about that one car is that anxiety or just low rage it well okay if it is uh if it's if i'm the pedestrian it's hands down anxiety absolutely <laughs> anxiety because i'm standing there on the curb knowing that i'm going to i'm going to run it Like there is no crosswalk nearby. I'm, Mm. you know, I'm trying to cross into the community college dog park, right? That's across the street. So I'm going to run it. I am going to stand there and wait for a major opening in the traffic. (laughs) But (laughs) someone will see me there and they'll think, oh, I'm going to be nice. I'm going to go ahead and uh, I'm going to go ahead and stop the car. I'm going to slam on the brakes and all the cars around are going to slam on. Oh, so you're you're upset also that you might make the. (laughs) Yes, that I'm now going to cause an accident. Sure. I'm part of the problem. Oh, it's the worst, Tom. It gives me great anxiety. Please, people, stop doing that. Don't. You're not helping anybody. Well, you know what we have here in Los Angeles, though?
0: What? The pedestrian right-of-way law. What does that mean? They're allowed to cross wherever they want. (laughs) There we do have, (laughs) and I'm not joking, we do have a ton of crosswalks, and I think you're supposed to go to crosswalks, but we actually have signs up in the middle of some intersection saying, don't cross here. Because otherwise people will. And apparently the law, unless it's changed since I moved out here, is you have to stop for them. Wow. The pedestrian right of way law. It's terrible.
1: It's really uh, weird. Cor- corollary to my anxiety about being a pedestrian and now the pedestrian right away law, I have a lot of anxiety about California's uh, initiative system. <laughs> yeah, I know <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst. There's no reason that should be a law in California. What were you thinking, California? All of our laws and initiatives are incredibly rushed because we're yeah. just trying to get something
0: done before the next fire starts.
1: Yep. Like, that's all we care that's about. A, <laughs> everything's on fire. Yeah,
0: that's Everything's right. on fire. All, we can't see out of our cars because all, all of our windshield wipers <laughs> are shredded. It's a disaster out here. It's a yeah. beautiful, sunny disaster. Sunny disaster. Yeah.
1: All right. What's your number three? It is a musical cue. <gasps> Outstanding.
0: Why are you silly? So and so. With all your dough, are you having any fun? What are you getting out of living? What good is what you've got if you're not having any fun?
1: (laughs) Okay, I feel suitably anxious. Okay. (laughs) So
0: what you just listened to, listeners, is Are You Having Any Fun by the comedy duo Flanagan and Allen. They are constantly called a comedy duo. I have seen no evidence about the laughs. Uh you might remember them singing Run Rabbit Run in the beginning of Get Out. Oh when sure. that first yeah. African American guy right. is stolen. That's them. That's Flanagan and Allen. Um okay, I sort of have to chase this one like a hound because I don't quite understand why this okay. kind of music gives me anxiety. It's I think it's Depression era music, the entire point of this song. But they have tons of songs where it's about, hey, you have all this money, but you're not having any fun. Look at us. We're wearing pork pie hats and our shoes don't have any bottoms, but we're doing great. It's just it's dead people singing. (laughs) I don't know how to explain this. (laughs) Something about that type of old timey music. It's so oversimple. They both just sing the melody line the entire time. Like you just heard. Yeah. Like there's yeah. two of them and they almost never sing any kind of uh, what's it called? Harmony. And <laughs> it's just weird. And it sounds like dead people singing. Like it it was a time when entertainment was so bare that that was considered like a real poppin number. It's like music from The Shining. Like everyone that's singing is gone and it's like such a bygone era. But am I saying that I can't listen to any music from people that are gone? No, I still listen to George Michael and Prince all the time. (laughs) There's something about old time and sometimes like showgirl music, like do up, do up, do up. It just freaks me out. And I'm not sure that to me is haunted house music, not like hardcore metal, which is what they always play in like haunted houses that you go through.
1: But, this but, but I know you're kind of horror, like especially the first thing you say is is you mentioned Get Out and then The Shining and both of these movies right. like lean in heavily on co-opting this style of music mm-hmm. and turning it into something that's supposed to scare you.
0: And it's it's works so well for me. Do you have any insight? Because <laughs> I don't even know how to
1: look this up. All music scary. Like I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I I mean I don't. Right off the top of my head, like it just feels to me like you've been. Um, I don't want to say. Uh, brainwashed, but I do remember. I do remember that time you started talking about how you like to sit in the basement and scare the crap out of yourself when you were a kid. So, uh, at least <laughs> I'm saying I the door's open that. to that possibility, right? Like, it it feels to me like that. I. I think it's so interesting because this was designed, I I guess, as kind of gallows humor comedy, right? I mean, these kinds of of songs, my understanding is they were part of the entertainment landscape because of what you just described. Like, life sucks, and we're trying to find a way to smile, and... Um, and, and this is, this is what we've got. We don't have time to make our music that complex. We don't understand what that looks like. And, uh, also, you know, we're all food for worms any day now. So are you having any fun? Maybe that's, maybe that's it. I mean, I did, there's
0: a zillion acts like this from different time periods that give this evoke this feeling for me, but I picked these guys because and all their songs are the same song. We're going to put up the washing on the washing line. What? <laughs> None of those things are things anymore. And you're both singing the melody. That's another one of their hits. No, I started to listen to their best of album, which you can find on Spotify while I was walking foster. And then like six songs in, I was like, oh, this is dread. That's what I'm feeling. I'm not worried that I'm walking too slow or I'm going to be late. I'm just feeling some existential dread because I'm not having any fun. (laughs)
1: That's it. You're left out.
0: Yeah. So, um, okay. well, yeah, I'm it doesn't sound like you can relate to that necessarily. But I do think that there's I do think that your idea of where some of that existential feeling comes from is right, because I did. The first thing I said also was it's dead people singing.
1: Yeah, no. And that's a, That's a natural sort of instinct that that it is an, an instinctive response for you, I think, is telling. Yeah.
0: And I think it's it's not what I'm maybe meant to say is it's not just dead people talking. It's a dead style. No yeah. one's making music like that. Like the most that they can hope for is an old brother, where art thou? Kind of like, you know what's fun? Folk music kind of a thing. No one's going to do that with Flanagan. But like none of this is appropriate. This doesn't really have anywhere to live except for, I assume, nursing homes. Mm -hmm. So there's something also a little creepy about that. All right. Well, that got a little
1: darker than I was looking for. Yeah. I'm surprised you took us uh, down the dark road, but I like it. I like what you bring. So Uh Flanagan and Allen, everyone, enjoy it. Speaking of having fun, (laughs) do you ever go to an aquarium? (laughs) <laughs> yes, I have been. Tell me your experience of, the, of, of an aquarium.
0: My mom is a real aquarium head. She loves them for some reason. And so we always go to, we've been to the one in, there's a big one out here. We've been to the one in Long Beach. We've been to the really good one in Florida. It's nice. Yeah.
1: Okay. That's
0: I don't get the same bad feeling that I do about zoos.
1: I feel like that could take us in a new direction. But first, let me tell you about my bad feeling about aquariums. Oh, okay. Uh, I go to aquariums and you know how you go underground and you you see the giant wall of glass. Oh, yeah. Deep in my heart of hearts, Tom. Yeah. I don't believe in that glass. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I
0: really do. And that's so weird. I mean, I have no
1: problem with that. I like it because it's cool and it's always a little bit darker. Yeah, it should. By all rights, it should be soothing. And then, you know, I I, I always go in. I used to go all the time to the aquarium with the kids. And our the, the Portland Zoo has nice, you know, they've got little underwater exhibits for the seals and stuff. And I would take the kids down there and I would always kind of stay at a, 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 a weird distance. And I didn't really have a connection. Why is that, that I'm letting my kids up there, putting their face against it when they're like three Three, four, five years old, and I'm standing back watching them from a safe distance. I realize I think deep down when I was a kid, I internalized a, a this kind of feeling that that glass is mm, actually breakable. like breakable glass, and uh, I don't want to be there. I don't. It's not a thing that I think about uh, all that um, sort of regularly because I don't go to aquariums all that much. Sure. But then I saw Aquaman, and the shark shatters the glass uh, oh. in, in one sequence. He like cracks it by ramming his face into it, and I. It hit me all at once. Yep, that's what I think too, Shark. Like, it's not that hard for you to get through that glass. Aquaman proved it in this blockbuster movie. And you and- said this out loud in the middle of the theater. Yeah,
0: no. Yep, yep Shark. I'm you, you are both kid. Yep,
1: That's right. Tap that's of the hat right. to you, Sharky. Ta- tap of the hat, Shark. Well, which that's movie? It.
0: Wasn't it one of the Jaws's that Mr. Jaws himself broke through in like a well there was
1: the uh well i mean you know jaws is breaking through all kinds of things but in particular jaws 3 in 3d there Mm. was a lot of that kind of stuff right and then the meg they came that's an old saw that they came back to with the meg with breaking the glass of the underwater tunnel of the research vessel i don't care for it (laughs) that is
0: that's interesting that i i think what it What strikes that for me is that I can see so well that I'm I'm trying to go back to Mm -hmm. maybe like lakes that we both shared a distaste for lakes because you can't see anything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That doesn't make any sense because all I'm doing is looking at all the things that will be eating my head as soon as that glass breaks. Dissolving your skin. But something about like I can see them coming. I guess that sort of.
1: Yeah, that doesn't me. that doesn't help me nope not even a little bit
0: that's interesting i want to go to an aquarium now and see if i get the shivers <laughs>
1: <laughs> welcome to the club what's your number four?
0: Oh, what have i done so far oh uh here's just a really quick one and this one is because
1: of my dog foster have i ever brought him up on the podcast okay <laughs> Wait, tell me about him again yes. this is the one you're trying to, to correctively remove the spots for right <laughs> <laughs> that's right I always forget
0: what I've talked about on this
1: podcast. (laughs) Oh, so many
0: regrets. Um, Yeah, uh, because of Foster, I tense up and get a little rush in my belly, which I would call anxiety around skateboards now because
1: (laughs) Because you want to chase them and catch them in your mouth.
0: I just want them to disappear because he either loves skateboards or absolutely hates them. I have no idea. But he goes nuts. I mean, he's it's the time when he's really pulling at the leash and barking, and it's getting a little worse. I don't know if he's getting older <laughs> or he's just taking more and more of my waves of anxiety. but he's like a block away, he'll go into his like pouncing, not pouncing, but like um stalking mode. and then half a block away, he's ready and barking, barking, barking. Um, and so even now when I'm walking, because I always sort of you have a dog for a long time, he or she is always kind of there. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like when you go traveling um and your dog doesn't go with you, do you ever feel your dog or hear your dog? Oh, phantom dog syndrome. Yeah. Phantom, oh, that's <laughs> that's a thing. Okay, yeah. Like I always hear his dog chains. If I'm in a hotel, I will always feel him sort of get up and move around. That could clearly just be some sort of criminal in my but room then you, and
1: you, you go to your hotel door and you open it and he's sitting out there waiting for you <laughs> yeah, that's been all weird. along. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So he's got kind of like a
0: printout from MapQuest.
1: I'm like, How did
0: you, <laughs> what do you, is MapQuest even a thing? Um, so even if I'm walking, I think I reflexively when skateboards start coming down the road and there's always, they're always in twos. Oh, these skateboarders. Mm-hmm. I get a little part of me like tenses and pulls on a leash that is not there. <laughs> because <laughs> i'm just walking it's not it's not with foster but he has trained me that to think there's something wrong with these skateboard oh product product yes go i have an idea of how to deal with this okay have you, uh a shotgun <laughs> that's it it's they've, they've they're already making it beat just get a <laughs> shotgun and we'll write skateboard on the side and either uh-huh. you can fire in the air i'm sure they'll turn around you can fire at them i'm sure they'll fall down it's just an
1: option <laughs> I was thinking the same thing because you know it it feels like th- you're kind of the the thought of you walking down the street and then yanking at an invisible leash you know in, in, in the era of Flanagan and Allen like that's a recipe for a stay in a sanatorium, Tom. <laughs> uh and i i think we we're better than that now but really what you need is something is is like a, it, it feels a little overt to have a shotgun for skateboards uh that oh, maybe you're what carrying you need it is around all the time all That's the time, point and really what you need is something that's built perhaps into your footwear so that you could like uh uh like indicate via Bluetooth or, or say something like to trigger on your phone like, "Hey lady, uh skateboard coming, and it would eject <laughs> like grease out of your shoe like spontaneously. Yes. I mean, no, like that's goodies. exactly right. Not, yeah. there were and no that shoes would be a disincentive because with that kind of negative reinforcement, the skateboarders will never know when the next guy with the What's That Smell oh, patented uh, greasy point. shoes are going to walk down. So they're going to be careful around other people. and And, you know, they have their skate parks, so let them have it. Don't go greasing up the skate parks. But <laughs> when they're walking down the sidewalk, I think the What's That Smell patented greasy shoes is the way to go. I love it. And the name is
0: Inspired. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) Like, I'm already not a huge fan of what's that smell, and then you put in the word greasy, and I'm like, I'm all in. (laughs) Let's really do a deep dive into things that make me shiver a little bit. That's (laughs) great.
1: Excellent. Excellent. We're on the right track. All right. Uh, Do I get my number five? Absolutely. Oh, this is a tough one because I've got plenty. Uh, I want to really make this last one something that that people can relate to. Um, and so I think I'm going to go with the three dots, Tom. It's going to be the three dots. Do you know the three dots? I absolutely do not. You're typing on your phone in, in the messages app and uh, you send that oh. message <laughs> and then the three dots happen. The person that you're t- you are typing to is typing. And the three dots is there, and then it disappears. And in the time that the three dots is there, oh, it might come, it might disappear. You know that someone is typing, and they can't figure out how to respond to you. <laughs> and you start thinking, "What have what I have, done?
0: What have I done?" There's wrong? no
1: way to no way to take back that text. There's no undo on the text that's already sent. What are no. they? Are they? Are they? Is she, is, is she divorcing me? Does she want me to make dinner? Does she want me to pick up a new leash because she used one on the skateboarders? I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, what is going to come at the other end of the three dots? And I will perseverate. It's like time slows down yeah. during the three dots. Time slows <laughs> and it does not like I always overinflate what the three dots is, is going to be. I hate the three dots. I wish that they'd never invented the three dots. I would feel much better about myself uh, and <laughs> the world around me. If I just didn't know if you're typing, I don't care. I don't want a typing indicator. I sent you a message and I put my phone away, but with the three dots in existence, Tom, that the, the do three have dots to is there, just look at it? I have to sit and stare at it. And yeah. that is just how I'm wired. I can't stand it. Three dots. <laughs> That's a really good one.
0: Have you tried like... Like saying like dot, 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 dot. like doing a dot, 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 <laughs> like in time with them just something soothing because isn't that soothing? Listeners it's like a meditation. Dot, 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 dot,
1: dot, I dot, wonder. Dot. I wonder what Flanagan and Allen would have done if they had to write a song about it. Let's just go there. <laughs> Are you waiting for a text? Are you waiting for a text? They're probably judging you. <laughs> Uh, that's it. That's a little one for my number five. What's that? That's yours? a great one.
0: I have one more, Pete, and it's a very specific and probably very unrelatable. <laughs> Good finale, right? <laughs> Excellent. This drives me nuts. I get a pit in my stomach. There have been times when I've had to look away. This is in movies where, okay, it's very specific, where a major character okay. loses it, is filled with anguish and anger. Anguish and anger and starts destroying (laughs) his or her own room or house or his or her own stuff. Now, okay. If they're if they're trashing something that they hated. Like if they that what they're wrecking is the thing that gave them the pain. That's great. That's cathartic.
1: I totally get it. The only thing I can think of right now is like, well, okay, I can think of a temper tantrum in uh, uh, Young Frankenstein and a temper tantrum in office space when he destroys the printer, the copy machine. Those are
0: good examples. Is that what you mean? Okay, those are good examples. That's cathartic because that copy machine PC load letter is the most aggravating thing in the entire world. This is they're feeling so much anguish or despair that like. They have like a bunch of models that they've made and they just start ripping them apart and tearing them up like things that has no meaning anymore. Right. Or ripping down all their posters that they put up along their wall at one point that they really loved. I hate that so much. It drives me (laughs) insane because, I mean, the simple idea is, of course, they're going to regret that. Yes. That that's not going that's not really helping and they're going to they're just hurting their already anguished position even more. And I was thinking about it before we started recording. And I think it might remind me of some tantrums that I regrettably threw as a child. And I'm getting like a little bit bit of a (laughs) self-memory of them. There was once, um, I'm very bad at forgiving myself. This happened when I would be like nothing years old, like three, four, Uh five. I don't know. Very young probably like 21 and i'm just like so embarrassed <laughs> my parents were having a party and i was hanging out with the adults and then they understandably said because their parents they're like it's dark you young jerk go they didn't call me a jerk go up to your room and go to bed and i was like no i don't want to miss out classic kid stuff they don't want to miss out on things even though everyone's just talking no, about course. equity and stuff Um, And then I remember my mom was like, "Okay, you don't even have to go to bed, but we just have to put you away. So here and she gave she had a tray and she put I was obsessed growing up with street signs and construction signs. I don't know why. I wanted to be a construction worker when I grew up just because of all the cool, like, no left turn, stop. I just had all of those. Like, my version of matchbox cars is just, like, normal intersections <laughs> and everyone <laughs> following so lame. Yeah. The rules, yeah. And, and they
1: would always cross in crosswalks. Yeah. <laughs> no cars would ever stop. Exactly.
0: No skateboarders. Yeah. Had no skateboards allowed <laughs> sign. But I had this whole collection of signs that I dearly loved. And they put me in the room, and out of anguish, I remember in the dark just smashing all the signs and ripping them apart. These were teeny little matchbook-sized things. And I think I remember, oh, yeah, this is totally the reason. And then I remember feeling this wave of, I think, regret and despair after that. And then I'm sure I was Mm -hmm. screaming. I wasn't a huge tantrum kid, but I'm sure I was loud enough to hurt the party too which I care about now so I think I just walked myself through my own figure figuring out of where this comes from is because I remember I can still remember they're few but they were big of tantrums that I threw and sometimes they involve me destroying something that I really loved at the time and that's just then what are you left with it's just so sad (laughs) (laughs) then you just like you can't glue them together with your own tears like there's nothing to do so okay well that's it just it wasn't much fun this was great the way this
1: one worked out really great and i'm not gonna lie to you i'd be in it to have a conversation with your mom yeah uh, about yeah young tommy's tantrums (laughs) also product Oh. I kind of feel like we need some sort of a kids' playset. The what's that smell patented like utopia playset for all, where you can put all the pieces together any way you want as long as they follow the laws and regulations of your local community. Interesting. This is an amazing way to teach kids respect for authority. That's right. That's a good point. Well, because there's <laughs> another option too. <laughs>
0: is you have two stickers one says or maybe magnets one says skateboard and one says tantrum remember that shotgun (laughs) pete
1: just even waving the shotgun around you're gonna get results all right i think we're i think we've really nailed this one we have nailed it (laughs) so that's my last one do you have one to take us out on Mm. oh no that you went first Oh, I did. and now So that would mean I would get the extra one. I mean, good Lord, man. I do have. If you have one that you'd like to take us out on. You want a bonus? I'm going to give you a bonus. A little bonus. A little WTS bump. Yep. All right. Here you go. WTS bump. You're in a grocery store. You're in a grocery store. You're picking your food. You've got your little basket. I know you do this because I know you eat. And you're, you've got your little basket. <laughs> you n- you nailed it. And and you've got your, first of all, you bend down, you get your beans. And you're in that aisle. So you grab your your uh, tamed jalapeno peppers, pickled jalapeno mm-hmm, peppers, mm-hmm. slices, slices. Uh, and then you walk around, you grab your rice and roni uh, And you might be uh, moving over to the vegetable section to grab your tomates, tomatoes. Mm. And you realize after you've gone down three or four aisles that your tastes and requirements this particular trip at the grocery store, directly align with another person, let's say an an older woman with a cart clearly shopping for more people than just herself. And you've been following her around the grocery store way too closely. And now you're aware of it. And no matter what you do, you eat the same stuff and you are following this person all the way around. And you think, I know that when I bend down for my, um, uh, you know, my Milano, Mint Milano Pepperidge Farm cookies, of course she's not going to need her Mint Milanos. What are the odds of after all of this, I'm following way too close to this person that we're going to go to the same (laughs) cookie? You go to the same cookie thing, right? That is that happens to me more often than I can admit. I end up following somebody inadvertently. Because you want all the same thing. Not really. It really feels like it's an accident. Like, why (laughs) would I be? It's like, I'm, it's like she's following me, but from in front of me. That's what it feels like. And it's horrible. (laughs) There's a word for that. Leading. (laughs) (laughs) We already have that word taken care
0: of. But I get it. Does your anxiety come from the fact that it seems like you're casing this woman or that you're wondering if you're becoming this woman? (laughs)
1: You know, it was the casing thing, but now I think it's the other one, but too. But you're
0: seeing your future as an older woman. There's nothing yeah. wrong with yeah. that, but it's it's a little jarring.
1: Who's <laughs> eating mint Milano right. cookies <laughs> and jalapenos, and somehow that's become normal. <laughs> Just jalapeno <laughs> on cookies. The
0: snack for no one. <laughs> I'm like a moth through the neon lights. I need a bucket of
1: Thank you all so much for joining us for this season of What's That Smell? Today's tune is My Country by Ben Bostic.
0: Thank you, Ben. You sound like kind of a weirdo, but I love that song. <laughs> uh, yes, there is no next week, you guys, because, of course, we are off for the summer. Um, when-ish do you think we'll be coming back, Pete? No firm dates, but how
1: much of a break do you think we're taking? We are. I, I think we're coming back. I don't think we've ever talked about it, but you want to do another season, right? You want to do another season with this? I would love to do another season. Yes, and
0: most importantly, our dozen listeners are <laughs> desperate for <laughs> us to do
1: another season because season four—that's when it all takes off. It really starts to gel. I think we're going to be back around uh, August. No firm dates, but sometime mid to late August. That's uh, that, that's that's rough. We got vacations. We got vacations. We have, <laughs> There's probably a coup to take part of somewhere in the world.
0: We really have to start developing six to seven more anxieties each. (laughs) We're yeah, always no, just on product. the cusp. do oh, and products. The, that's
1: right. What's that smell? Patented merch. That's right. Oh, we're still ready. in talks
0: with the Sky Mall people. They've just got a ton. Of, mm-hmm. They've got a whole printing press waiting. So we're gonna get on that. <laughs> that's right. The catalogs are coming. Thank you guys so much, especially to the listeners that have submitted. We really, really appreciate it. If you've already submitted and you come up with another one, of course, the uh, email address will be open the entire time we're gone. So feel free to submit at. I'm just gonna do it. Something stinky. At what's that smell? Net. Again, something stinky at whatsthatsmell.net. Did you hear the regret in my voice? There wasn't any. I'm owning it. have come a long way. I've come a long way. <laughs> Thank you again, everybody, so much for going on this journey with us. We will
1: see you very soon. And until then, I'm Tommy Mess Third, And I'm Pete Wright. And we'll catch you next season right here on What's That Smell? <laughs>
0: This country cause I know how it feels Country like Willin', country like willing, country like lightning and a hill, Billy, this is my country, my damn country, give me my country. You can keep the rest This is my country, my damn country, and it don't mean a thing if it don't pass the test.
1: if You can't sing along tearing in my
0: beer then don't forget your coat and get
1: the fuck out of here.